homeschool mom wrote to ask me if it's true that you shouldn't expect the same kind of obedience from your teens that you do from younger kids. This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where I address how to change our parenting in the teen years. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers. Before we jump into the topic, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, CTC Math. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old School House Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy-to-understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. CTC Math uses a multi-sensory approach of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And those who are doing just okay are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. Conflicting advice around parenting is so confusing, isn't it? If you have teens and wonder how to parent them, my first encouragement for you is to trust your judgment. If I could go back and change my parenting in any way, that is the way I would change it. I would stop listening to books and speakers and other experts when deep in my spirit, it didn't feel right. Now, I am not saying that I was always right and the experts were always wrong, but I needed to learn what worked for me and for my kids just by practicing and experimenting and seeing if an approach to parenting was a good fit or not. If it wasn't and I made a mistake, I can go back and apologize to my kids and try again. And I think that process of working on it together is so powerful. So that is my first advice to you parents of teens is to trust your own judgment about what is best for you and your spouse and your kids. And I say that about each of your kids as well because they are all different. Now, just because I'm saying to trust your judgment, that doesn't mean that I think our parenting should tolerate disrespect. This is a soapbox that I climb onto all the time and with good reason. I see many parents thinking that the change that they need to make as they have a child become a young adult is that the roles have changed 
such that respect really isn't required. And I don't even think that parents are telling themselves that it is disrespect coming at them. But I would ask you to really sit with something that your child says to you. That's usually what disrespect gets modeled in is the words, the responses. Sometimes the behavior like the eye rolling, walking away, that kind of thing. If you feel disrespected, it is disrespectful and it can be called out as such. The other way that you can really kind of dissect this is to ask yourself how you would feel if one of your adult friends treated you this way. If you would feel disrespected and upset if a peer taught you this way, said the things to you that your teen child just said to you, then you should call it out as disrespect. And I have talked about this before many times as well. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying that was disrespectful. Please say that in a respectful way or to say it is disrespectful when you walk away from me when I am talking. You may come and listen to me when I'm speaking. And then when we have finished covering the topic, you are free to leave the room. But it is not respectful for you to walk away in the middle of a conversation. And what I have found with, I would say, really all teens is that they know when they're being disrespectful. And if they... Um, if they argue with you and say, no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't being disrespectful, you can say, I am glad that you were not intentionally disrespecting me, but it felt disrespectful for me. And so I am asking you to change your tone or your behavior. Okay, so with that out of the way, that disclaimer, My next response to this question comes from a video series that we did with my church by Reb Bradley. Reb was on this podcast in the first year talking about requiring first-time obedience. I have a different approach to first-time obedience with younger kids, but I agree with Reb that parenting teens becomes more about coaching than dictating to them. I think the fundamental difference here is that we allow our older kids to make decisions with our counsel rather than saying, this is what you will do. I will not let you make the choice that I think is not good for you. And it can be very, very difficult to do that. And of course, even the types of decisions that we allow a teen to make with our counsel is going to be up to you. Again, that's going to be you trusting your judgment about which decisions you want your child to actually make. Reb gives the example in his video series of talking with his teen about a movie that he might not like his teen to view. Instead of forbidding it, though, Reb gave his case for why 
he didn't think it was a good idea for him to watch this particular movie. And then he left the decision up to his son or daughter. While we want to have a coaching approach, this doesn't mean that we abdicate our authority when it comes to dangerous or immoral behavior. I would not allow my kids to drive when they're under the influence knowingly or let them have a boyfriend or girlfriend sleep over because that's the choice they've made after I've coached them. I am not going to allow my kids to make those kinds of decisions on their own. I'm going to have some very firm boundaries around those kinds of decisions. But other issues like deciding which sports and activities to engage in, deciding how to arrange a schedule so that the studying can get done and the work commitment can be made if you have a child who's working a job outside of your home. I think those things are very good practices for our kids to learn with some coaching. It also doesn't mean that when we are coaching, that when we see that a mistake has been made, that we just don't even comment on it. I think so much can be learned from a very grace-based approach to talking about problems that came up as a result of a choice that a student made and just helping them to make the connection between what they did and the outcome that they didn't like and how they can prevent that from happening in the future. Coaching takes our child's personality and circumstances into account. When you are a coach, and I am not a coach, but I have been practicing years ago as a clinical psychologist, and I would give counsel to a client that was based on their particular personality and their particular circumstances. So I might be able to say to an introverted child, you need to stay home tonight and just knuckle down and get your work done. But if I have an extroverted child who is really looking forward to uh, maybe an activity at church or a friend's birthday party and they want to attend it and they haven't gotten enough of their work done by my estimation, uh, for example, then I would probably not say, I think the best approach is for you to just stay home. I might say, how could you get the appropriate amount of study time in or work done and still attend the party. And if they said, oh, well, you know, I can catch up tomorrow on Sunday, then I might say, well, we are going to church on Sunday. And remember, we have a family party right after church. So it's those kinds of discussions that can really help your child prevent problems from happening in the first place. Coaching is a response to your child. It is not a set program. So if something isn't working, you can try a new approach in a collegial 
experimental atmosphere. It takes a lot of the moralizing and the shame out of the process, which can be so, so destructive. Our kids, even if they're going through a rebellious phase, they want our approval. They want us to be happy with how they're doing their work and living their lives. And so if we coach them in that type of way that we know you're going to make mistakes, but we still believe in you. We see all these strengths that you can bring to the process, and we want to be here for you to help you succeed and reach the goals that you have set for yourself. When I had six young children, strangers warned me of the nightmare of the teen years that lay ahead of me. And I did have some challenges with a strong-willed child that I have talked about before. But all in all, these years, these teen years, these young adult years with my kids have been a joy. I would not want to miss them for the world. They have been so enjoyable, just enjoyable in a different way, a more mature way. And what I have seen is that While my kids have grown and matured, so have I. And I understand my kids' needs and feelings and even their actions, if they're not actions that I would choose. I understand them so much better. And I'm able to approach my kids from a place of feeling secure. I'm secure in my identity as a daughter of God. I'm more secure in my identity as a parent. I know I'm doing the best that I can do by God's grace. And I feel secure in knowing that my kids' choices do not reflect on me. Not when I am training them up in the way that they should go. If I am modeling immorality for them, and if I am not paying any attention to them and trying to help them have a good, godly life, then I should feel responsible, at least partly responsible for my kids' choices. But I think if you're listening to this podcast episode, that isn't you. The fact is that our kids belong to the Lord. And sometimes all we need to do is just surrender them to him. We want to believe that God wants the best for our kids even more than we do. And the more that we believe that, the more peace we will have. And I think when we believe that, when we feel secure in knowing that God is guiding and directing and protecting our teens, Our kids will sense this peace that we have, and they will respond accordingly. They will not want to bring shame on you because you are trusting them. You are trusting them to take your coaching and counsel and to act accordingly. To find the show notes for this episode, go to homeschoolsanity.com slash parenting teens. 
Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at homeschool sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.